to the Jam Session Radio Hour. It's your host, John Landis. So happy that you're with us with us tonight. We've got uh, something splendid for you, which is uh, an interview with Hector Martignon and some of his some of his tunes. We will have uh, part one tonight, part two coming up. So we'll have bits of interview and songs in, in both. And Hector is an extraordinary musician, extraordinary person. Um, someone who has been involved with the jam session almost from the beginning, has played several times, has played a lot in the East End, um, has played at the parish, uh, outside of the parish, and has played with his big band also, Boca Grande. Um, played this summer at the Southampton Arts Center's uh, portion of the Hamptons Jazz Fest, and we're so happy to have had him. We're uh, excited to have him back again next summer when we do the Hamptons Jazz Fest again because it is coming back and hopefully it'll be a, a staple of East Hampton cultural, of the East End cultural life each summer going forward. Hector is from Colombia, Bogota. Uh, he's traveled all over the world playing in various iterations with his small band, Foreign Affair. He's had two Grammy nominations. Uh, should have won them, but didn't. But that's neither here nor there. He's had two nominations. Um, justly so. Boca Grande is his current his current uh, big band, and he has played with that big band all over the world and in various different forms. And it's interesting to hear him talk about how that happens because you can't exactly travel these days with uh, 20 musicians uh, from place to place. That just wouldn't work. It's like the old days, but not, not anymore. So they're constituted in different cities when he goes. He also will tell us about uh, a... Uh, uh, a modern opera that he was involved in, a take on Carmen called Carmen La Cubana with a Cuban cast, and he's played all over the world with that as well. So really interesting stories, really interesting take on modern music. Great guy, Hector Martignon. Let's listen to that interview with Hector. So we're here with uh, on the Jam Session Radio Hour with one of my favorite musicians, Hector Martignon. And we are lucky to be able to get a, some glimpses of... Um, Hector's career, which is really uh, fascinating, um, and so um, so broad and so varied. Hector, how you doing? Good, John. Good, John. Thank you very much for for inviting me. This is a, a pleasure. This is good. We have been planning this for quite a bit, and finally we get to 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 talk and 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 do this interview and talk about anything that you need to know. Well, so it's, it's such a, it's a privilege to be able to talk to you. I mean, I've. I've gotten to know you through your music, and then we've had occasion to be uh, around each other um, a little bit. And sure. uh, it was you were out here some during the pandemic, right? You came out for a while in the like South. Three Hampton. times, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, but also, so you, yeah, that's right. And you were, and actually, you did some teaching out here during the pandemic, right? Uh, I did some teaching, uh, but all all of that I did over Zoom because I had a friend, Corinne, whose apartment is very beautiful in, in, in Southampton and I was there for, for like two weeks and, uh, and then I had, uh, you lent me your keyboards, thank you so much again. <laughs> I wish and, my keyboard had, you know, like uh, some magic memory, but uh, <laughs> it's, it is totally great to hear you play. I've always enjoyed hearing you play so much. It's so, and you've played, maybe we can start a little bit, we'll, we'll kind of jump around, but Talk a little bit about the jam session because a lot of our listeners are familiar with the jam session uh, that we used to do at Bayburger, and uh, and then uh, you know continue to listen to us through what we did last summer, the Hamptons Jazz Fest, 
are, they're looking for the jam session to come back. They're excited about that. But tell us a little bit of how you found out about it and, and what your experience was with jam session, uh, the jam session in Bayburger. Yeah. Um, they, I, I, I knew about it through Tles, one your friend and, 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 and partner. Tles um, Brandal. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. The mm -hmm. Excellent drummer and very nice person and beautiful family. And for some reason, I met him when I was playing uh, some kind of gig. I don't remember exactly what kind of gig, but I, I used to go to all the parties in the Hamptons uh, with, with uh, Richie, Richie Siegler, uh, who used to, I mean, he probably still does, but he used to have um, very good uh, work over there in, in the Hamptons, all over the Hamptons. And, and he invited me to play many, many, many times. Private parties. And, yeah, private parties, most right. of them. Most of them were private parties. In one of those, Cles was there, Cles Rondal, and then he, he, we, we became friends and we talked, and, and then he asked me to go and play in, in this jam session. And uh, at first I said, oh, that sounds a little strange, but yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and, yeah, and then I loved it when I did it, actually. Then it was so beautiful in Bay Burger. And, uh, and we had a lot of, you know, it was successful. And then he started doing, um, you know, regularly this Latin and Brazilian jam session. Uh, yeah. And he always or many times invited me to play. And, and that's how I, I got into the, 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 the alumni of the, of the jam session at Bay Burger. And then I, I played in all the reiterations of that um, uh, in, other, in other venues that were also very nice. And um, uh, for a while it stopped because of the pandemic and because uh, the, the venue stopped working out and uh, maybe because of the pandemic as well. And now I heard that you guys are, are looking for another place or, or already have another place. And I'm super, super happy that it's going to start again. I'm really, I really enjoy every time I went there. I really enjoyed it. And we played and some musicians came and played with us. And uh, so it was like a jam session, a real jam session. And, and right. the recordings came out very nice also. Very yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it would be so so crowded in the summertime, and uh, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was totally. I know it was a bit of a haul for you guys for you guys when you come out from the city. I mean, we appreciated tremendously that you would come out from the city just for like the one Thursday night. Yes, you know, so we did it. All, we all the musicians that I brought from New York, they were all very happy of having done it. Yes, yes, yeah. we were we were very happy of having done it, and and uh, anytime again, John, anytime. Let well, me know. One of the things that's amazing to me, and I'm, I'm still um, in awe of the fact that, you know, this little restaurant, which was our family restaurant, just a burger joint outside of Sag Harbor, um, that we could, we could bring the, the level of musicianship and musicians like yourself to come out with your career, which is, you know, so outstanding and just has been, you know, has hit so many bases and yet still you know, you could, you could come out and play our little, our little joint in, yeah. in the Hamptons. And I know it's all, it really more than anything else to me, it's, it's about, well, you know, what music, the way musicians are, that music, exactly. the music is the most important thing, more, more, more than anything else. Anything else. Yes. And, and the people who listen, 
That's, that's the main thing, John, uh, the interaction with real audience, with real people. Uh, and especially in such an intimate place as it, as it was, it, 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 you know, getting to know everybody and talk to everybody, hang out and, and have fun, eat together, drink a cup of, uh, a cup of wine. That makes my life, you know, that, yeah. that's what, you know, recording and going on tours and all that, that's very nice and everything. But um, first of all, it's not that much happening anymore as it used to be. Uh, it's still going on, but it's not the same with all this uh, digital, the internet and all that. So things are, uh, have become a little more difficult lately and especially with the pandemic. But, but anyway, for us, playing small clubs is the best. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a delight. And, and then when, when we play with good musicians, it's fantastic. So that's it. We take some, you know, some musicians are from there. And some of them come from New York, and we, we know each other already, and we enjoy, we have fun, we, we play, and that's, that's what musicians live for, to play live, live music with people, and especially near, you know, intimate. That's, that's so nice to play like that. I love it. The Jam Session Radio Hour is supported by Bayard Fenwick as a sponsor and underwriter. As part of the Terry Cohen team, Located at the East Hampton office of Saunders Real Estate, Bayard is well-versed in the residential real estate market from Bridgehampton to East Hampton to Amagansett to Montauk. Bayard believes there are three parts to the value of a property. Land value, improvements made to the property, and an emotional component. You can reach Bayard Fenwick at the East Hampton office of Saunders Real Estate at 631-324-7575. That's 631 631- 324-7575. The Jam Session Radio Hour is also supported by Oza Sabbath Architects of Bridgehampton, New York. Oza Sabbath Architects both designs and builds homes, believing that a well-designed home suffuses our lives with the essential elements of balancing and recharging. Oza Sabbath Architects can be reached at ozasabbath.com. That's O-Z-A-S-A-B-B-E-T-H.com and at 631-808- 3036. That's 631-808-3036. You're listening to WLIW-FM 88.3 in Southampton, New York, uh, Long Island's only NPR station. This is the Jam Session Radio Hour, and tonight we have an interview and tunes from Hector Martignon, piano player extraordinaire. This summer you played uh, at um, Southampton Art Center outside in August, I know it's on your uh, your website because I was yes. taking a look at that, and that was part of the Hamptons Jazz Fest, our, our inaugural year, our first year of the Hamptons Jazz Fest. Very proud. It was, a, it was a fantastic concert. It was so good, one of the best as far as I'm concerned. Thank and you. it was your it was a big band that you put together. So tell us about that because it's also emblematic of some of the things that you have. It really brings together a lot of the strings. It seems to me of your career that you you know, you're able to bring a big band to get a big band like that together and all the production. And obviously that was just a one night thing, but yeah. talk about that, your big band experience that particular night, if you can, and also some of the other productions that you have put together and toured with. Yeah. Well, the, the, the big band project, um, 
was a, a, an idea that I got because um, I teach also a lot, you know, I teach in, in, in uh, uh, private lessons, I have a lot of students, I, I teach at universities, and um, the big band is the symphony orchestra of jazz. So it's the biggest ensemble, and it's a standard ensemble where it's always the same. It's always five saxes, four trombones, four trumpets, and the rhythm section. So it's, it's a standard ensemble, uh, like a symphony orchestra or like a string quartet, where thousands of, of, of pieces are being written every year and performed so, because there's so many of them, so many big bands, so many symphony orchestras. So, those standard formations are uh, like milestones in, 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 in the repertoire, in the culture of jazz. And um, I said, I need to write for big band, the, the sound, the possibilities. It's like painting with thousands of different colors. Um, the combinations that you get on a big, in a big band is, is, are amazing because you can use not only the instruments that are there, but also all the doubles, like clarinets, flutes, and um, maybe guitar or vibraphone. So you get to combine is, um, colors like in a symphony orchestra. So I, that was one of my motivations to start a big band.
You're listening to WLIW-FM, also heard in WLIW.org slash radio. This is 88.3 FM in Southampton, New York. It's the Jam Session Radio Hour with an interview of, of composer, arranger, band leader, pianist Hector Martignon, classically trained Hector Martignon. The only place where people like huge ensembles, because uh, most of the times uh, festivals don't like to bring big ensembles because it's very expensive, you know, hotels, flights and everything. But universities like uh, to, to perform big band music because that involves a lot of students. Uh, so they like that. And, and I said, okay, I'm going to build a repertoire that I can teach at universities. And it's like a business card and, and an entrance to the world of universities in everywhere in the world. And it worked. Not only I, I put together a nice big band playing every week at New Ports Cafe, which is in, in here in New York. I play there once a month for many years with a big band. And I learned the, the, the handcraft of, of um, writing for, for big band. But I also had that repertoire that I could use in, in when I go to teach at the universities. And, and it really got me to travel a lot, to go to many places to teach and to perform my music with the big bands of the university I was, I was going to teach. So that was the idea to this two throng idea of, of having a big band, but that's very difficult, very complicated. And then having the repertoire, the music ready to be played. And, and I went to Japan, I went to Switzerland, I went to Greece, uh, in Germany, in, in Colombia, in South America, in Argentina, I, everywhere I sent the music, they, they, they learned the music and then I came and did like a workshop and it worked, every time worked fantastically. So it's, it's, a, it's a great experience every time, but then, Sometimes, like this time, this year, we had the opportunity to actually perform with the musicians I choose, the, some of the best musicians in, 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 in the scene here in New York City. So I got really, really good musicians, uh, and we rehearsed once. And some of the musicians knew some of the music, so it, it was relatively easy to put it together. The problem is that a lot of work calling everybody and, and coordinating, transportation, that is a lot, a lot of work. And then performing actually there in Southampton Art Center was like, oh my God, I miss this so much playing with a big man. It's so much fun, it's so much, the sound is so powerful. I hadn't done it in years, honestly. Wow. And, and then it was beautiful and, and the, the, the moon was out the weather was perfect. The yeah. people were delicious. It was, it was a great experience. I remember you saying that from the stage, and it was so, uh, yeah. I mean, it was so heartfelt. And, and, you know, as a member of the audience, you really take note when you hear somebody in the band or the leader of the band, in that case, saying that. It's like, wow, because, you know, from our point of view, it's like, oh, he does this all the time. This is his big band. No. Somehow they travel around. But I know it was, you know, we were getting through the pandemic, so that was an extraordinary experience anyway to be back playing live. But anyway, the yeah. message definitely got through to Excellent. us that you were enjoying this tremendously. So what you're saying, Hector, is like 
each one of these destinations, I mean, this is so cool what you put together, a way to take yourself and not everybody else into, into all around the world and then yeah. work with these different big bands, which were standard, uh, you know, standard formation, as you said. So they knew what those formations were. Like when you would go to, you know, Germany or Japan or Colombia and you would go to these schools and work with these bands and do these workshops, did those bands already exist? Yeah, of course, yes. And, and uh, in Colombia, it was not a university, uh, although I did some workshops, but it was the big band of the city. The same in Athens, in, in, in Greece, the, the, the big band of the radio, actually radio stations in Europe, most of them have, um, many of them have a big band, like a standing big band, like a in-house ensemble. Ensemble and and they like the same like a symphony orchestra in, in Germany almost every radio public radio which there are uh, every state of Germany has one of them and some of them are very famous like BDR the WDR is uh -huh. world famous uh, big band is from the from the radio station the same in in, in Athens but at the same time a lot of the musicians are students but. Everywhere else, everywhere else, it was in universities and every university where there is a, a music department, they have a big band everywhere, everywhere in the world, in South America, North America, in Asia, in, in uh, Europe, obviously, and, and some parts of, of Africa even, they have big bands. So with these established big bands, yeah, you would make a connection and then you would set up to to like you said, maybe do a workshop or do something with them. Yeah. And then, and then is, what is it that you are bringing to them in terms of your expertise? I mean, cause these, these are bands, if they're established, like you're saying, they play a lot anyway, right? Yes, they play a lot, but, but my repertoire is very, uh, I would say, first of all, it's very eclectic. There's many different influences. There's a straight ahead jazz, tradition, um, you know, from Duke Ellington all the way to Maria Schneider, the styles that I like, and then also South American rhythms, not, not only Latin or Caribbean, Afro-Cuban rhythms, but also South American rhythms from Brazil, from Venezuela, from Colombia, from Peru. Um, and then I love also Balkan music and I write music for the big one in, in Balkan rhythms. So they love that, definitely. Uh, I'm writing some stuff now with using um, jigs, uh, I don't know, jigs from Scotland, uh, the rhythm of Scotland, jig, wow. which is amazing, yeah. And before that you Scotland, said Bal Balkan, is that what you said, Balkan? Balkan, yeah, like from Bulgaria okay. and Serbia, those rhythms that are right. incredible. I have, I have been to Bulgaria a couple of times and I have some friends from Bulgaria and, and I, get, I got to know that, that music very well, performing it, and, and I fell in love with that. I mean, I'm not like a super expert, but, but I have the feeling for that. And uh, I, write, I write a lot of music for, for that, that in, in that vein, with mm. that language. Hmm. as much as well as I can imitate because it's not my culture. Right. But that's what the big ones like. And then I come, I send the music per email, which is very easy these days. And, and they print it and they practice by themselves a little bit. Then I come and give a workshop like two or three days 
especially I start obviously with the rhythm section, which is the most difficult part for them. And, and, and I teach them how to play uh, the, the music, the language, how to play the bass, how to play the percussion, the drums, you know, and, and they learn. And then we put together the, the rest of the band and we rehearse once or twice and then we do concerts. And for them, it's an amazing experience. They learn a lot, they love it. And most of the times I, I have been called back wow. to, to do it again, yes, yes. So what you're, what you're saying, I'm just trying to understand. So what you're saying is that you have this broad repertoire that you, Hector Martignan, have kind of collected and, and written or combination of maybe combination of both. And it's that repertoire plus your, uh, you know, yourself as a band leader that exactly. these other, these existing big bands around the world are interested in bringing you in so they can learn and play that new repertoire. Exactly. That's, that's the concept that I had very much thought of when I started the band and, and it worked and, and it worked exactly the way I, I had planned. I had imagined but at the same time, it also worked as a band, as a real band. The group that I formed, that I put together, actually became a, a band, and we did a record, and which was uh, came came very well in, in the in the critique. We were the, um, in the list of the best uh, records of the year in Down Downbeat magazine. So, and we had a very good. Um, review with 4.5 stars and an excellent review in Downbeat and in other uh, magazines, in, in Jazzies and, and, you know, very, very, very good reception. And, um, and that was the other part of the project, the real, my own, own big band with my friends, with the musicians I like to play with. And that, that also worked out very well, as you could hear it in that, that evening at the South, Southampton Arts Festival, uh, Arts Festival in the, the museum, Arts so Center. The, the band that played in Southampton, was that um, to a large, to some extent, your big band, or was it all put together with musicians that you brought together for that occasion? Well, some of them, some of them were, had already played many times. I, I would say half of the people, half. The drummer, for example, he always plays with the band. The percussionist, Samuel Torres, he always plays with the band. Um, the sax player, the alto sax player, he always plays with the band. Um, actually, two or three sax players have played a couple of times. Uh, one or two trumpet players, none of the trombone players. They were all new guys, all of them. Right. And um, some from New York or most or, or from the Hamptons? Well, actually, no, 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 all of New York. Only one, one kid, uh, I don't remember his name. He was because one of the sax players got into an accident. John Ludlow, uh, excuse me, John Ludlow, yeah, yeah, John, John, and uh, he um, uh, he was uh, recommended to me by uh, uh, um, Ada. La, yeah, yeah, exactly. By her, Robati, Ada Robati, and she played unbelievable. But um, she gave me his number because I had to get a, a guy last minute, oh, wow. you know, literally last minute. Oh, that's and so then great. he came and played amazing, amazing. And, and yeah. uh, uh, I worked then, on the has Ada played in your big band uh, for no, me? Only that time. That was the very, very first time. For Ada. 
Corada and no rehearsal, nothing. And she did an um, incredible job. Yeah. And how about Randy Brecker? Oh, I played with Randy a lot of times, but, but he didn't play that night. No, he didn't. I know. He was sitting over on the side. Yeah, yeah. And he never played in my big band. I would love to have him play, obviously, as a, as a guest star, you know? Right. Right. Not necessary in the in the in the trumpet section. Maybe yeah. he he likes that, but it would be great to have him as a as a guest.
You're listening to WLIW-FM, also heard in WLIW.org slash radio. This is 88.3 FM in Southampton, New York. It's the Jam Session Radio Hour with an interview of, of composer, arranger, band leader, pianist, Hector Martignon, classically trained Hector Martignon. So um, just as, as an aside, you know, the Sag Harbor American Music Festival is, is late in September. And... Uh-huh. Um, and that would, and we had a big stage this year. We had a, a you know, a decent sized stage that we assembled in a park called Steinbeck Park down wow. in the water, right in the village. Wow. And uh, we had a couple of, you know, sizable horn based uh, bands. And yeah. um, so it would be a dream, I think, to uh, have a big band, have your big band play, oh. you know? But yeah. I mean, whether we do that or we do another, you know, Hamptons Jazz Fest, uh, we're all looking forward to that. That's so much. Tell us, Hector, one of the last times we talked, which was at length, which was before the pandemic, you had put together this fascinating tour of, of uh, a new version of Carmen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't put it together. I was, I was called... Well, I put it to, I was part of the production team, let's put it that way. I was called to be the musical director of this very, very big project. Um, the idea of the project was uh, from this British director who is pretty, pretty well known in, in the US and also in, uh, in Europe, he, by the way, he put the, the Louis Armstrong, he wrote the Louis Armstrong musical that is coming to Broadway very soon. And, and he had this idea of putting, setting, setting Carmen uh, of Bizet, you know, the opera in a Cuban, in a Cuban setting, in a Cuban, in, in the late stage of the revolution, the very last couple of days before the entrance of, of, um, uh, of, you know, the revolution in Havana in 1959, in, right. in January 1959. So very, like a couple of weeks before that, the setting was that. And, and some, some of the characters are revolutionary. Some are just regular soldiers of the, of the government. So it was um, like Jose. Jose was um, a soldier of the government. And uh, Carmen was kind of this obviously free spirit that didn't want to go either way. <laughs> right. And we, we went to Havana and me as musical director and then the director, the scenic director, the choreographer and um, some other production people, and most of them were from England and Germany. But we put the, the cast together in Havana. So we had to do a bunch of auditions and, uh, and start rehearsing the, 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 the music that was written by Alex Lacamoire, the arrangements, and by uh, one of the musicians also, Edgar Vero, uh, was an, he's an amazing musician, also he wrote the arrangements along with, with Alex Lacamoire of uh, Hamilton fame, Alex. Wow. He, he's the one the music of Hamilton, and then since he's, half, he's Cuban, he was also called to do the arrangements and he did, and they did, like Edgar and Alex did an amazing job at arranging the music of Bizet, the original music for, for this very weird setting of, of Carmen. 
And then we did a performance in, in uh, Havana that came very well, came in, in you know. Um, Just one performance? In, in one only performance. Yeah, they had already done something that when they, they were workshopping the, 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 yeah. the piece. Uh, very vague, it, it, still it was not very mature and the music was not ready and the plot was not ready. A lot of things were not ready and they did one or two performances in a, in a factory actually. And that was good, that was good. I saw the video, but this was in, in serious. This time was serious. Then we went to Europe, to Bremen. We had a whole theater for three weeks, a whole theater for, for ourselves. And that's where we actually put it together with the, with the lights, with the computers, with the synchronization, with the stage. All that stuff was put together in Bremen, in North Germany. And, and uh, the cast traveled, everybody traveled in this airplane. <laughs> that's a memorable flight. <laughs> and, and, these, and all the, most of the cast was uh, musicians were, were from Cuba. Yeah. All of them. All oh. of them were, for, were Cuban. Some, just two or three didn't live in, uh, in Cuba, actually, but like 99% lived in Cuba. Mm. Uh, 60, about 60 people. Wow. Yeah. And, and the music, just the music was 16 musicians. Is, is, uh, is there, a, a, you know, is this, is this available? Can you find it on YouTube? Can you find this recording? You can find oh, starting on YouTube, definitely. Carmen La Cubana. Carmen La Cubana. Carmen La Cubana. Don't, there's another project that, that is Carmen Cubana, which has nothing to do, but it's Carmen La Cubana. Hmm. You can find a, a lot of information about that. Yeah. And some, some of the videos... But there were some copyright things, and, and, and then we had a plan to go uh, after our last tour, because every two months, they, they, they cast had to go back to Cuba. So every two months, everybody went home. Sometimes I stayed in Europe and toured with my projects, and sometimes they came to New York. I think one of those breaks, we met, um, we talked about the project. Yeah. One of the breaks. Right. Yeah. And then um, we went to China, and we were supposed to go to Japan and also to the United States. In the United States, there was a problem politically because of the not very clear political thing of the revolution in Cuba and all that. And obviously, the last president, maybe there was some political problems there. And I don't know how it is now. It, it would be easier, but... Um, because it's from Cuba and embargo and whatever, whatever it is, but I don't know. It never worked hmm. to bring it to New York. What a shame. Uh, there was a lot of interest, but um, it would have had to change the, the dialogue sometimes, maybe. I don't know. It was a little complicated from that perspective. Right. And uh, it, it never made it. Maybe some, someday it would be brought to New York. I hope so. I hope. Yeah. Yes, I definitely hope so. Yes. So you said every every two months people had to come back to Cuba, and so yes. over over what period of time was Carmen La Cubana uh, performed? About one year. A whole a year. Of, yeah, a whole year, including the time in Cuba. Yes, a whole year. So like 2018, 2019. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, and uh, we did 130 performances. Oh my God. Besides the, the workshops and the previews, but we had 130 in, in about 10 or 12 cities in six countries.
Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Great to have had you. Hector's an extraordinary guy. I think he'll um, agree. We can learn a lot from people like Hector, and he certainly learned a lot from us. And uh, like all these great people that we've been interviewing, he totally believes in the music, and the music is his life. Um, and, uh, you know, it revolves around that. So what could be better than that? So thanks for joining us once again to the Jam Session Radio Hour. John Landis, your host. We want to thank all those involved, including Silvano Monasterios for the use of his tune, Tropo Mirage, as our intro and outro, and his buddy, um, his buddy Rafael Alvarez, who has done the sound engineering for this. Thank you so much, Rafael. Thank you, Clayus Brandal, musical director. Thank you, other members of the board of the Jam Session, Inc. Uh, thanks for all those who've been involved in this. Thank you for WLAW. We appreciate you all being out there and continuing to listen. And please... Let us know if you have any comments. Um, and uh, you know how to get a hold of me, okay? Um, my best to you all. Take good care. Be safe. And good night. Good night.